0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. That's what I like, man. Over there, man, we got some, we got some energy over there this morning. Our youth section. That's good. Uh, great to see you guys this morning. My name's John. For those of you who I haven't met yet, I see a few faces out there. Uh, I get to be one of the uh, the pastor elders here at Awakened Church. I am not the uh, the lead teaching pastor, who's normally up here. That's Pastor Ryan. He gets a uh, little day off today. So it's fun to see him this morning without the pressure of preaching. He's cracking jokes, having lots of fun. And uh, yeah, I get to, uh, get to share the Word with you guys this morning. Uh, if you guys have your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, or you can take out your phones. You can turn on that Bible app, and I trust uh, you're not looking at Instagram or something like that, but you get the Bible app open. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm going to continue our series on uh, generosity that Pastor Ryan started last week, and he had this phrase that he that he used. It was kind of like the main point that he kept coming back to. Uh, a little pop quiz, maybe. Anybody remember the phrase? Generosity is more about what God wants for you, right? So <laughs> pop quiz. It's, and rather than what he wants from you, generosity is more about what God wants for you, and not what he wants from you. So I'm going to co- kind of continue this, this idea. And uh, we have, we have a three-week sermon series on generosity. And most of us kind of, I mean, kind of understand the point or where, you know, this, every point of the message is going, like, you should be more generous, right? <laughs> like, you should give. And so, you're like, all right, I kind of get, kind of get the concept. Why do, why do we need th- three weeks on this, you know? Like, every week, we're going to talk about giving, talk about generosity. And uh, if you're, you know, if you're new here or maybe, you know, maybe you, you brought a friend, and you're like, man, it's the, it's the stereotypical like church talking about giving and they, they want our, our money and they want us to give more to the offering. And so what I want to start with right at the beginning, that's not the motivation, right? The motivation, as I said, we want to, we want to look into the Word and and actually look, what, is, what does God have for us as we as we give? And as, as we are generous. And we need to have we need to have times when we maybe we have this this topic of, of giving and generosity that might just seem like, okay, we do it every week. We pass the bucket every week. We need to have times where we, we dive in and we say, Okay, let's right like we like we just sang in the song, let's let's get rid of our traditions. Let's get rid of what we're used to and actually go to the word and say, okay, what what does God actually say about giving? What does he actually say? And so sadly, we do have this stereotype where where we have poor examples of maybe church leaders or or pastors, of people that maybe try to take advantage of, of your finances, of your giving, try to pull on your heartstrings and make you give more than you really feel like you're supposed to. And so we want to we get rid of those. And so if you can um, maybe, maybe humor me just for a second. I have a couple examples. Maybe I'll share with you. And that can, maybe you can relate to. And we can kind of all say, yeah, I've been there. And, I, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that aside. And I'm going to come in with an open heart. So. I got a couple stories. I like to, I like to tell a couple stories. Uh, so I grew up in church. How many of you guys, you grew up when you were kids, you went to church? You grew up going to church. Okay, kind of all come different, different uh, spectrums here. So I grew up going to church. And I grew up going to church that loved um, giving to missions, giving to, to missionaries, which is a great thing, right? As a, a good, that's a really good thing. We believe that you know, we should support people that are, are giving up their, their life and, and, you know, giving up their comfort of their home and their family going overseas. But uh, my pastor, I love my pastor, great guy. And he had a very unique way of, of promoting missions giving. And so what he would do is he would bring all of the kids, so from like kindergarten through sixth grade, he would bring them up on stage. We went to a fairly large church, like seven 800 people. And he'd bring them up on stage. And what he would do— is he would put the name of missionaries around uh, the kid's neck, like on a little like, you know, sign, cardboard sign. So it would say like, you know, Ryan Cavender. And and so then everybody that was in the congregation, all the adults would have like a form and they would have all the names of the missionaries and how much uh, our church would support them every month. So $25, $50, $75. And so what... What the encouragement to do was from our pastor is hey you in the audience you give and you write it on the card and you know you say i'm going to give to support this missionary and when you do that that's when the kid who has the name around their neck can come down from the stage the catch was as a kid you couldn't get off the stage until somebody said yeah okay i'm gonna give to that right and so, you know, imagine, you know, you're up there as a kid. So, you know, myself and Carrie, we go through this. You're like, all right, I'm going on the stage. I don't know how long I'm going to be up here for. And you're just like standing there. All right. And so my parents were like always really gracious. They're like, all right, let's get, let's get Jonathan off the stage. Let's, you know, it was right. But other kids, you know, if their parents aren't there or like if they want to give them some hard love, they could just be sitting up there for like a really long time. And yeah, right. It's like, and so, you know, you can see like, okay, great. Great concept. Let's get the kids involved in missions giving. But maybe like, maybe how it's worked out, hindsight, like maybe that's not, not the best motivation. Uh, another example, another example. I got one more. I won't tell stories. All, all, uh, all service. But one more example. I was on, I was on staff at a church and one of the things that uh, our lead pastor liked to do, again, great lead pastor, wonderful teacher. He did this with the best of intentions. One of the things he liked to do he thought it was a really creative idea. He had a, what he called a tithe-back guarantee. Tithe-back guarantee. And so the, the concept is, you know, the tithe, if you're not familiar, you give 10% of what you earn uh, to the, the church and the ministries in the church. And he would do this periodically. It wasn't like an every week type of thing. He'd do it periodically and say, all right, for the next six weeks— if you've never tithed before, never given before, this is your time. You see, God is faithful. He's going to take care of you. And so you'd fill this like little form out and, you know, you'd put your name on it, you'd sign it, you'd keep one sheet, you'd turn another into the, into the church. And, and you'd give for like a, an arbit, arbitrary, you know, period of time. So like, say like from now to the end of the year, six weeks. And then at the end of the six weeks, you know, his kind of saying was, hey, if you haven't seen God's faithfulness in your life, if you haven't seen, you know, his blessing on your life, you can come to the church you turn in your gift receipt, whatever it's called, and you get your money back, which can you imagine being the person that like actually does that? Like, like, go, like yeah, I got, you know, like, you go to the church office, like, yep, I want to see the pastor uh, here for my tithe back. Right? Like, you'd feel terrible doing that. And so again, right, great. I think it was done with the best of intentions. Like we want, like proving the faithfulness of God is a very good thing. And putting our trust and, and, and uh, extending ourselves and giving and maybe in a way you never have before and trusting that God's going to take care. That's a great thing. But here's the thing. I can maybe send, maybe be interpreted the wrong way. Maybe that's where, you know, a church will get a stereotype was like, hey, they just want my money. They just want me to give. They just, they, they just, they just want something from me. And right, remember, generosity, it's not. What God wants from you, it's what he wants for you. And so that's what this morning, what I hope this morning, is about. Getting, getting back to what it means to really be, to be generous, and that everything in our lives should flow out of our, our relationship with Jesus, and our love for him, and our, our pursuit of him. And, and so, Giving should, should be something that flows out of what God is doing in our lives. We're, we're taking giving something we routinely do and turning that into an act of, of, of real worship and joy. And so that's, that's my hope for this morning. Getting back to what it really means to, to be generous and why we give uh, the true motivation behind it. Uh, so before we read the Bible, let's, let's just pray one more time. <clears throat> Join me in prayer. Lord, uh, just pray that you'd guide my words this morning, that you'd guide all of our thoughts, and that uh, we, we really do believe that your way is better than ours. So I pray that we'd continue to have that spirit. We submit ourselves to you, and you would, um, you'd shape our hearts, you'd shape our minds, and uh, you would be glorified through us, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. So just in just a moment, I'm going to read. There's a fly around me. Hopefully it doesn't uh, distract me too much. Sorry. It's probably distracting you by me talking about it. But uh, we're going to read 2 Corinthians 9, 7. Just a moment. But I'm picking up like right in the middle of uh, a, a letter and a passage of scripture that Paul is writing. So just want to set a little bit of background information. So Paul is writing to the Corinthian church. We just spent like 12 weeks, 13 weeks of, on 1 Corinthians. And so he's writing this second letter to the Corinthian church. And in chapters eight and nine, he's talking about this offering that the Corinthian church had promised to give to the, the churches and the believers in uh, Judea. And we're not gonna go too deep into this. But basically the churches in Judea, they were going through some, some trouble. They had a famine. And there was other churches that Paul... Uh, had relationship with, and he was saying like, "Hey, these other churches—they've given. I uh, just want to follow up with you. Want to make sure. Want to make sure you're going to give, and like, let's let's talk about why you're giving. Let's talk about you know what this what this means for you to give, and what the spiritual emphasis is behind it. And so he's giving really good instruction to the Corinthian church on why they're giving, what their offering is going to, and what the spiritual like foundation is of their giving and their generosity. So it's great instruction for the Corinthian church, and it's really good instruction for us now, uh, for us to have just this biblical perspective. And so that's my introduction, uh, a little background. Read with me 2 Corinthians 9, 7. So this is how Paul says, how, how someone should give. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. All right, stop right there. Each one give what you decide in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. So Paul, right off the bat, he's saying giving, being generous. What, what, What God wants for you in your generosity, it should be joy. It should be like something you're excited to do. And notice what he says it's not about. It's not about this like compulsion, somebody pulling on your heartstrings. Like, you know, I'm going to play the song in the arms of an angel and show you sick dogs, right? And get you to give to that. No, it's, it's, Paul's saying you should give motivation when, when you're generous. It should, it should produce joy inside of you. You should be happy. Like, I, I'm, I'm excited for this. The motivation for giving to, to ministry and to church and to people in need should come out of our joy that we have in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not reluctancy, right? Not like, oh, man, I don't know. I can't really do this, but I feel bad. Everyone, there's a kid on stage. I got to get him off stage, right? Like, like I said, hey, that's not what... That's not what this message is about. That's not what we're about here. This compulsion of trying to get you to do something that you don't want to do. And so my first question, I have different questions I'm going to ask you throughout the, the message. What's, what's motivating you to give? What's your motivation? What's, what, what's my motivation? There it is. What's my motivation? <laughs> Make it about me. And what Paul says, is it should some, be something that you decide in your heart. It should be this personal personal thing, personal conversation, you have with God and God has with you. And, and Paul, we don't just have this verse. We have a, a lot of different um, areas where Paul, he kind of dives deep into this issue about what, what our motivation is. And so turn um, back a page or maybe click the button back uh, to 2 Corinthians 8. He, he gives some more uh, perspective on, on what the motivation should be. And and in verse eight, or chapter 8, verse 9, he says, he says, hey, you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, for your sake he became poor so that you by his poverty might become rich. Paul's saying, hey, you're rich in Jesus Christ. You're, you're rich where it matters most. Go back to Jesus. He gave himself completely to you so that you might have The most important thing in life, forgiveness, salvation, a relationship with Jesus, things you could never purchase, you have because of what Jesus did and emptied himself on the cross. You can go there to Philippians 3 or it's going to be on the screen. Here's what Paul's perspective was on life. He says, I count everything as a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for his sake. I've suffered all loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. Paul says, hey, gaining Jesus is the most important thing in life. Everything else is rubbish. This is Paul's, Paul's perspective on, on life just in general. Everything else is meaningless compared to knowing Jesus. And if you're not conv- convinced by Paul's words, I have some Jesus words for you as well. Um, Matthew 16:25, Jesus says, whoever saves his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Yeah. Jesus is, is telling us, Paul is telling us real life. What it means to really have worth, to have genuine value in this life, is knowing Jesus. The grace, the forgiveness, the love that he extends. Knowing Jesus is what life is all about. Knowing Jesus transforms what life is about. Jesus said it's like being reborn, having a change in perspective in every area of your life, especially in the area that comes to your resources, your time, your finances. It's recognizing God has given us more than we deserve that we are truly blessed in him and that anything that we can give back is just out of joy. So when we come to the Lord with an honest heart, we come to the Lord with an honest heart, Jesus reminds us that he came to serve and not to be served and that we're called to be like Jesus in that aspect. We need to have moments where we open up our heart to the Lord. And and just like we sang, your way's better. Your way's better. Because we know, we know the ways of the world. It's not about giving away. Right? It's about spending your time, your money, your resources on building your kingdom. That's a church way of saying getting stuff. Getting what you want when you want it. As much as you can for here and for now, that is the pursuit of the world. That's not the pursuit of the kingdom of God. I, I like I said, I like to tell stories. Our, I love looking at, um, you know, stories of, of, of kids and this, the examples of, of how kids kind of set things because they're so pure and like genuine. They don't, they don't hide any, anything at all. So i tell a story about my kids, Adeline and Anna, my two oldest. Uh, they're eight and six now. A couple years ago for Christmas, they wanted something that was called a present pet. And if you don't know what that is, it's just a toy dog, right? That is in this box. And you push a button and like, for whatever, however they do it, it's kind of cool. It like opens up and it looks like the dog is like punching out of the box. It, this does not matter at all, but I'm telling you what a present pet is. So they really wanted this. Their cousin had it. They wanted this so bad. It's like, oh, I need, I need this present pet. I need it. So they're asking for it. So sure enough, grandma and grandpa, they get them this present pet for Christmas. And I will never forget. This has become a core memory for me. Anna's face, when she got, she opened this up and she realized there's a present pet in this box. She's like, ah, I got it. Like, just like sure, like so much excitement and excitement. And you know the story, right? You got, if you have kids or you know the story of yourself, she gets this, they play with it for a couple days. And now two years later or whatever, I can't remember the last time I've seen this thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know where it's at. I don't, I don't know. And the examples of kids is so, you know, pure. Like, oh yeah, if kids are they're so funny in that aspect, right? They want these things so bad. And then they don't, like a year passes by, they don't even use it or they want something else. But, you know, honestly, right? Are we any different? I think as we grow older, the need for things only becomes greater, right? The hook sinks into our lo- our hearts even stronger, and like you go say, okay, 90% of us have an iPhone here, right? The other 10%, I don't know, what are you, what are you talking on? Is it Google something, Pixel, um, but no, like right? the new iPhone comes out, oh, it's made of titanium now. Have you seen that thing? It's still it's a quarter of an inch longer. Like the things you can do with it. Like it can, it can make everybody look like they're smiling on their, you know, when you take a picture and everybody's not, I, you know, we got to get, I've already paid for the upgrade. I'm going to get, right? And then a year goes by with the same thing. It's the same cycle over and over. So what's the point? Our knee jerk reaction, right, is to spend our resources on ourself. Spend our time and our work and our energy thinking about how we can get rather than how we can give. We are prone to wander, and, and so we need the moments where we have the heart conversation with God, and we say, "Okay, Lord, here, here I am. Everything really is yours in my life." This type of living is countercultural, and that's why we have to we have to let generosity and giving come from an acknowledgement that we've been given more than we deserve. Rather than just like a compulsion or a manipulation. And, and so, um, you know, just, just quickly, you know, share kind of what Carrie and I have, have done and some of our experiences in, in giving. And like I said, we were raised in church, we've always been taught to give. But one of the things we've done just over the past couple of years, you know, we have. Obviously, you know, you, you, you have a budget. You know what you're going to make. And so, you know, we have these times where we pray. We say, okay, well, what do we feel like the Lord? How do we feel like the Lord is calling us to, to sacrifice this year in, in how we give, you know, how we give regularly? And so we have those moments. But we also have moments where, you know, we feel like there's been numerous times over the years where there's a need that, that we see, whether it's in the church or a need in missionaries. And we, the Lord pricks my heart. The Lord will prick Carrie's heart. And we go to each other and say, hey, you know, I feel like, I feel like maybe, maybe we're supposed to give to this. We say, all right, let's, let's pray about it. Let's, let's see. And, and I want to tell you, there is, there's so much more joy in those moments where God is genuinely speaking to us and how he wants us to sacrifice and give rather than a joy, like, there's no joy in, like, being manipulated to give. There's so much joy when it comes out of a relationship with God when God's spirit is moving in your heart and in your mind and you say, okay, Lord, open me up. How do you want me to give? And, and so again, back to my question, what's, what's your motivation? Have you had those real genuine moments when you open up your finances to God, you open up your budget and you say, okay, Lord, it's yours. You make it a part of your relationship with Jesus and not just a routine. Or not just, okay, I'm, just, I'm doing this because you know, they told me to scan this QR code. We do want you to do that, but <laughs> the point is giving generosity flows out of a relationship with a generous God where Jesus shows you himself and we're just blown away by how good the Lord is. And it flows out of that. So what's What's your motivation to give? Um, and and that's, that's, you know, like I said, I start with this. That's what this needs to flow out of. Everything that we do and how we think about giving and being generous has to flow out of our hearts. It has to flow out of our hearts. And everything after that, um, everything after that is just, you know, secondary. And so Paul does give some really good secondary principles. Paul gives some really good, you know, secondary teaching on that. And so I'm going to kind of transition. I feel like this this message is, first is just like motivation. Where's your motivation after? And then after that is just like, okay, there's some really good principles, biblical giving principles that Paul gives. And so I want to dive into those um, right now. Uh, We're going to be in 2 Corinthians 8 and then 2 Corinthians 9. So uh, verse 12 in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul is talking about giving. And he says, if the readiness is there— it's acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Uh, and so, you know, next question, what, what do you have? What do I have? And, you know, that might seem like, okay, like, duh, I can't give what I don't have, right? Like, yeah, I, I know, like, I, okay, I can only give what I, what I have. And so there's a couple things that I think Paul was saying here, and I said, you know, he was collecting offering from a variety of churches. And so there may have been a little bit of a comparison game going on. Where, you know, the church in Corinth was looking at the church, what the church of Macedonia gave, and they're like, okay, we gotta make sure we, you know, we give more than them, right? You know, competition. Or, or the idea of, okay, we know the need is great, so we need to save up. We gotta save up so that we make sure we give this like very impressive gift because we're, you know, we're giving towards this need. And Paul's just saying, no, like if you're ready, you don't gotta, you don't gotta compare yourself to somebody else. You don't have to wait. Like if if you're able, like, you know, give now. And so, uh, you know, the, maybe the practical application is like you don't have to make a certain amount of money to, to be generous. You don't have to say like, okay, well, when, I, when I make six figures, then that's when it's going to start. The checks are going to start flowing, right? That's when I'm going to start really, really giving. And you think, you know, think back. Even Jesus and his disciples, they had this example where they're standing, you know, they're standing in the temple. They're watching people come up and present their offerings to God. And people are giving big gifts. And then there's this story, you know, Jesus sees the widow who comes, and it's like, this, you know, the widow's might, And she gives just like two pennies, right? She gives small, small amount. And Jesus said, who gave the most? Everybody, they all, everybody that had brought the biggest, they gave out of their excess. The widow, she gave it all. So, so there's not this comparison based on how, how much, how much you can give. It's what do you have? What is the, what has the Lord blessed you with? Your time, your resources, What has he blessed you with? And what can you give out of that? And so um, John Wesley, he's a pastor from like 250 years ago. He had this message from 1789, which I did read it. And I was amazed at how practical it is right now. But it was entitled, The Use of Money. And he had three points. I love his perspective. He said, earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. Earn all you can, save all you can, and give all you can. And he, he kind of defined it in this, this paragraph, which I'm going to read. Um, I should have put it on the screen. Hopefully you can listen well. But he said, gain all you can without hurting either yourself or your neighbor. Save all you can by cutting off every expense which serves only to indulge foolish desire, to gratify either the desire of flesh, the desire of eye, Or the pride of your life waste nothing living or dying and then give all you can or in other words give all you have to god wesley had this perspective on money and on resources he says hey it's not bad to to gain it's not bad to have the ability to make money but he had this perspective you know we all have we all have different abilities if you can you know, earn more. You should work as hard as you can, as if you're working to God, right? That's what the scripture says. You should save as much as you can. You shouldn't just spend it frivolously, but then you should give all you can, give all you can to the Lord. And then he he basically said everything in between, just pray. Go to the Lord. If you don't know what you should do, you go to the Lord with your open heart. Say, okay, Lord, should should I spend money on this? Should I save money on this? Should I give to this? So is this active relationship with the Lord. And so, you know, for some of you here, maybe God has blessed you with the ability to, to make money, to earn. That's wonderful. Gain, gain all you can as long as you're not hurting yourself or others. But then how can you be generous? The same questions asked to all of us. What do you have? What has God uniquely blessed you with that you can give back to him? What do you have? What do you have? Do you have time? Do you have resources? Do you have talents? How are you presenting that to the Lord? Uh, next, next question, um, I think is probably the most practical that probably people maybe ask the most frequent. And it's just this question, okay, well then how much do I give, right? Is it a certain percentage? And, you know, read, Read verses six through seven one more time, um, in Second Corinthians nine. Paul said, The point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. God loves a cheerful giver. So the question, how much how much do I give? How much do I give? Is it ten percent? I've heard that. Is it less? Is it more? And Paul doesn't. He doesn't give an answer. What does he say? He said, "What's in your heart?" And and so this is what I think there is. I think there's. I think there's two ends of the spectrum when people come into the church and you talk about giving to the church, talking about being generous, generous and generosity. There's two perspectives. There's two ends of the spectrum, and everywhere in between. There's one where you say, all right, pastor, just tell me what to give, all right? You don't have to spend three weeks. Just tell me what to do. I'll do it, okay, right? And then there's the other end where it's like, hey, don't tell me. <laughs> like, this is my, this, these are my finances. I will decide what I give. There's, there's two ends of this. And everywhere, like, we probably find ourselves everywhere in between. And what this really comes down to is a trust issue, Right? And we don't want you just to trust me, right? You've heard me talking long enough. You're like, yeah, I can't trust this guy. No, <laughs> don't just trust me or our pastors, right? And then the other end is like, don't just put your faith in yourself. Trust the Lord. Yeah. And as we go to the Lord, it would be way easier, right? For us to just be like, yup, give this percent. But no. Do you believe God's in control of your life? Do you believe God has the best interest for your here and now and for your future? And, and do, do you believe that God's Spirit is living and, and active, that He can speak to you in every moment of your life? And, and so God will God will speak to you in how you're supposed to be generous in your giving. And He can do that. And you'll find way more joy in a real relationship with Jesus where you're trusting him rather than just trusting me to tell you how to give or trusting yourself and how to set this budget that's going to set you up for the next 60 years of your life. It's not the point, right? point is to lean into God. And if you, you believe this, where Paul writes, hey, you're not your own. You were bought at a price. Jesus is really the one who bought you with his life. So he's the one who knows what's best for your future. And so it's a trust issue. And, and so really, the only, the only advice that Paul gives is just that how, how can you be generous? And in this, he gives us uh, this little phrase, whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will will reap generously. So this idea of sowing and reaping, um, this is frequently repeated throughout the Bible. It's probably not something that you talk about with your friends, unless you're a farmer. Um, But, you know, there's these different principles of sowing and reaping. And the Bible talks about, hey, if you sow kindness, you'll reap kindness. You sow forgiveness, you reap forgiveness. And Paul is using it here to look at how you give. And this is where, you know, you're saying, okay, well, if I get, if I give, then I'm gonna get. Like, pastor, I thought you said you weren't gonna try to like manipulate me. Like, I've heard, I've heard pastors use this, be like, hey, all right, you ready to sow a seed offering and see what you know God puts back into your bank account? No, I'm not gonna do that, right? That's weird. Um, sorry if I, that was a weird way to talk. <laughs> but, you know, essentially, we get the idea of if you plant something, like, okay, you have a seed. You got a tomato seed. You got whatever, sunflower seed. You put it in the ground. You, you, it's not going to grow. You're not going to reap a harvest unless you put it in the ground and let, let it go. And, and so, you know, Paul is saying the same thing here. It's the same principle. The more generous you are, maybe the more you'll see the Lord at work in your life. Through your life? Like, all right, not, God can't use what you keep to yourself. You can't. And, and so a seed has to be planted to multiply. If we want to see God work in our church, in our lives, we have to give ourselves to him. We have to let go of things that maybe we're prone to hold on to. And so that can be your time, that can be your resources, that can be your money, can be your skills, right? All of it. And so it's saying, okay, how do you want to see, do you want to see God work generously? So generously. And, and you know, we have this, this principle that is, is repeated, sowing and, and reaping, and we see it throughout the Bible. Um, Jesus, he said in Luke 18, uh, 29 through 30. you hopefully see this on the screen. He said, Jesus um, is responding to Peter. Peter says, hey, like, we've left everything to follow you. Like, what's in it for us here? <laughs> and, and Jesus says, I say to you, there's no one who has left house or wife or brother or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom who will not receive many times more in this time and in the age to come. Jesus has this eternal perspective on what we give. He says, yeah, there might be blessing now, right? But there's also, it's about what's eternal, the age to come. And so, you know, if we want to see the Lord at work in our lives, in our families, in our church, in our community, in our world, it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. And, and, and so, you know, question, how much do I give, is, is really a question, how can I be generous? How, how, how has the Lord blessed you to be generous? How can, you be, how can you be generous? How can you give? And you know, Jesus, I mean, he sets the example, right? Again, comes back to Jesus on the cross, sowing and, and reaping. If we don't understand this concept, it's pretty clearly laid out in Jesus's life, where he gives it all. He gives himself on the cross. He gives himself to death. And what is produced? Life. There's, there's, Jesus is resurrected, but then all of us receive eternal life. And, And so if we want to see the Lord work, we need to be like Jesus. We need to serve, not expect to be served, right? We need to give. And so, um, I'll uh, close here just a minute. The band can come back up. Hopefully this is, this is very practical. Um, and so, the last, last question um, we, we, we look at and we ask ourselves, okay, I'm supposed, to, I'm supposed to look at my motivation. I'm supposed to look at, you know, what do I have? How much do I, how much do I give? And so then, you know, the last last question we look at, what, what does my giving produce? What can God produce? What can God come and make out of, out of my giving? And so, we'll finish, finish reading uh, our final verses in 2 Corinthians uh, 9. And, uh, yeah, it says, God's able to make all grace abound to you. Having sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work as it's written he has distributed freely. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but it's also overwhelming in many thanksgiving to God. So, Real quickly, giving, very simply, giving as a response to what Jesus has done in your life, joyful response, very simply, it makes you more like Jesus. Like that's very simply what it produces. is this harvest of righteousness is that all, may, all grace may abound to you, that you may abound in every good work. When we give, we become like Jesus. The opportunity to give is an opportunity to be like Jesus. And then Paul writes in verse 11, you'll be enriched in every way, to be generous in, in every way. So, saying, hey, the, the more you give, the more you become like Jesus, the more opportunity you'll have to give. And so, it's, it's this cycle, right? It's like, all right, I want, I want to be more, more generous. How can I be more generous? How can I be like Jesus? You start to live differently. And then what that produces is just this thanksgiving to God. From those who receive the, the giving, it's this acknowledgement of what God, who God is, and how good He is, becoming or seeing what Jesus is doing through others to, to give. So th- there's this, this cycle of giving, you become like Jesus. People receive generosity. God's glorified. Your life is enriched so that you can be generous again. And so, you know, my question is, where does this message find you, right? How do you view giving? How do you view being generous? And, you know, like I said, the motivation here, it's not to try to manipulate you, to try to get you to give more to the church. Um, but maybe some of us, you know, we, we come in here and we recognize, man, my life is really all about me. And, and so maybe some of us, you know, we're going to sing a song here in just a second. Maybe God is highlighting things. You say, okay, I do need to change in these areas. I, I, I you know, maybe, maybe it is taking drastic measures. Maybe it's taking some, some big steps to say, all right, you know, maybe I won't spend this amount of money during Christmas. <laughs> and, and, and maybe it is that. Or, or maybe it's just looking at some practical ways to make your life more about others than about yourself. How you spend your time, your talents, whether it's big or small. Maybe the Lord's highlighting some people that you can be generous to in this season. Some some needs that you know of, some people that you could bless because you have been blessed. This should be something that's very practical. When was the last time that you actually went to the Lord with an open heart and said, All right, God, you have control? I'm going to give you control. I'm going to follow you in every area of my life. I'm going to give you control. and So maybe some of us need to do that. Maybe, maybe now is the time. Uh, so I want to encourage you guys, let's stand together. We're going to a time of worship. Let me pray with you real quick before we uh, go to the Lord. <clears throat> God, I'm thankful for uh, your Holy Spirit where you your presence is, it convicts us, but it doesn't condemn us. Your Holy Spirit doesn't, um, it doesn't, it doesn't put us down and highlight things in our, in our lives to make us feel terrible about ourselves. But Lord, your Holy Spirit wants to bring us up and show us what life is really about, who you've created us to be. So God, I pray that this moment Uh, this morning, that your word would do that. So that we can build your kingdom and not our own. That we can live for eternity and not the next 20 or 30 years. God, I pray that you would help us to be generous the way that you have been generous to us. We love you, Lord. We pray this in your name. Amen.